from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Thank you for joining us again today. Beloved, I know it's been a little bit hard to take the last couple of days, but we're having to deal with some things the Bible deals with when we're not going to avoid certain portions of it. And the people of God had gone into national de declination and deprivation. People were coming to the house of God and saying, God, why are you, why, they're weeping. Why are you not hearing us? And it was because they did two things. They made bad marriages and they, they got involved with divorce. The people said, God has brought them back from Babylon. God's blessed us. And you know that happens to us today. We get saved and God begins to bless our lives. And then somewhere along the way, we start knowing more than the preacher does. We start more knowing more than God does. We start becoming self-righteous. And all of a sudden, we think that something hits us in the road and we don't like it. We get cross and we can do what we want. We just buckle up and bristle up against God. And we got people out there. We got people in, in, in Bible-believing churches that are going contrary to the law of God and dumping their spouses in divorce. And people in this day, and in, and in the days of Malachi were living life the way they wanted to they were living in flagrant sin but wanted God to bless their polluted and hypocritical sacrifices and how often do God's people go to altars with open and unconfessed sin in their lives and they expect God to roll over in heaven and answer their prayers because they cried some crocodile tears without having a heart and a mind that was repentant for their sin and God does not answer the prayers of hypocrites he said if I regard iniquity in my heart he will not hear me and if you got, if you got unconfessed sin if you're living in, in, in the filth uh, and you are watching filth on the television and on the internet and, and talking filthy on your phone and if you're spending all your life social networking but you don't walk with God and, and you and, and you you're still hanging on to the deeds of the flesh like the tobacco and the dope and the drink and, and you're living immorally and, and looking after after your own thing we got people today we are young people today they spend and we got them even in their 40s right now they spend more time playing video games than they spend in the house of God and people are sitting there and they won't get up off their blessed assurance and get a job and go out but they're going to sit there and suck off the government and, and uh, off the few people that do work and we sit there and say well, why, why isn't God blessing me you got open rebellion in your heart well I come to church so the stink what walking into a church don't make you a Christian anymore walking into a barn makes you a whore sir that don't make you saved don't make you right with God even if you are saved I got people coming all the time, and they walk out the same way, and you've got a chip on your shoulder. And we stand like a dumb deer in the headlights. You let your kids grow up, and you let your kids grow up, and all of a sudden, you, you sit there and amen all the preaching when they're five years old, six years old, seven years old, all about the time they get 12. That little girl, all of a sudden, she wants to start dressing tight, loose, short, and, and, and start putting on the war paint. And that little boy, all of a sudden, he gets uh, something comes by, and he, he decides he's got his eyes turned after something he wants, and they start demanding, and you start giving because you're afraid you're going to lose them. Anytime you start yielding to your kids because you're afraid you're going to lose them, you've already lost them. But he wants to date him, and all of a sudden he wants to date that little girl, and she wants to date that little boy, and, and all of a sudden you're going to, and they start wanting to listen to their own music and run around with their own friends and do their own thing, and you and you should come into the pastor's office with tears in your eyes with a, and looking like a dumb deer in the headlights, and you have the audacity to say, why has God spurned my prayers and my offerings, and why are my children going to the devil? And, and you sit there, and, and, and I'm going to tell you why, because you lived in rebellion, and you let your children live in rebellion. 
God knows your unconfessed and unrepentant sins, even if nobody else knows. You can look like the best Christian in the world and be the most uh, immoral hypocrite inside because God knows your heart. And again, going back to dealing with the, with the text, divorce is killing our homes. And again, I don't care where you've been. I care about where you're at right now. Some of you hanging out right now. Some of you go to church, you know the book, and you're doing, making every excuse you can to get a divorce. And if God had God wanted Adam to have more than one wife, he could have made more than one, but he didn't. And he didn't make up a backup wife in case him and Eve didn't work things out in the Garden of Eden. They were stuck for 960 years on this planet together. At least Adam lived that long, and Eve lived real close to it. And I know there are those who have felt the sting of divorce in a time of unbelief before salvation, and you didn't know better. You were ignorant. There are others that were divorced by your spouse against your will. I get that. Some of you got saved, and your spouse remained an unbeliever and abandoned you. Some of them, they stayed with you. And again, I'm not after anybody's past, but I'm trying to help somebody with their future and our young people. And if you know the pain of divorce, you want me to preach against it so it won't happen to you, your children, or your grandchildren. Maybe there'll be another. Uh, maybe there'll be a generation that can make it if Jesus tarries. If we if we lift up our voice against. It. By the way, I have people all the time come with tears, and say, "Preacher, please preach it. Please, please." As goes the home, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes the nation. Uh, Curtis Hudson always said, and it's the truth. Roman M the Roman Empire thrived for five hundred years before it fell apart, and it fell up in those five hundred years. They never, never, never had one single divorce. The empire fell apart politically and economically when they fell apart morally. And God says here that he hates divorce. We got immoral men ruling our nation because we have an immoral nation. It destroyed the women who were divorced in the first place. It destroyed the lives of the women who were taken in the second place. It destroyed the first wife as she was retaken because she knew that she was the second choice, not the first choice. And even though they were restored, that's what they did. They put away the strange wives and took their original wives back here. And even though they were restored, they were still often unreconciled. And those marriages were never the same. And they could never recover from the hurt that had been caused if you read this text and you study it. Now, I've never been divorced, but you listen to me. You listen to this old-fashioned, leather-lung Baptist preacher of all the hurts I've dealt with in the ministry. Nothing, nothing, nothing hurts like the pain of divorce. Divorce is a sin. It is a sin that brings suffering and sorrow. It hurts more than burying your baby. It hurts more than a rebellious child. It hurts more than burying a spouse that you've loved. It hurts more than a lying preacher. It hurts more than anything. Nothing hurts like the pain of divorce you're always you're closer to someone in ways you'll never be closer you have been intimate mentally physically and emotionally especially that first one your first marriage you know the wife of your youth that the bible says you dealt treacherously here with malachi chapter 2 verse 14 then to have them unfaithful, then to have them cast you off, then to see them with someone new. There's no pain like that pain. I've known people who have been divorced for years and speak of it like they happened yesterday, even when they're standing there married to somebody else for, for decades. It's a pain that only death itself can fully heal. And then it doesn't heal it, it just ends it. Death only ends it, it doesn't heal it. You better learn to hate that divorce. You better learn to hate that, that sin of divorce. My dad told me, he said, boy, when you get married, get a dictionary. Cut the word out. First thing every young couple ought to do. You better learn to hate it. By the way, you better learn to stick together if you, and teach your kids something if they're going to stick together. 
Mixed marriages lead to divorce. Saved people and unsaved people lead to divorce. Divorce is an accepted lifestyle of our nation and even in our churches and even in our pulpits. God help us today. Our pulpits are filled with people that have married and divorced three and four or five times and, 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 or living in sin and churches that will even sponsor, sponsor, keep a man in their pulpit while he's going through a divorce, shacks up, lives in immorality, and then throw the wedding. God help us. People are looking for any reason to get out of marriage instead of staying married. And even preachers promote divorce by not dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, preacher, I wouldn't desert my wife for another woman. Oh, preacher, I wouldn't desert my husband for another man. Oh, what about that pornography you're looking at on your phone, on your television, and in your in on your computer? And what about them Harlequin romance novels that put words to make mental images in your mind? And what about work wives and work husbands and and dirty movies and and, and internet lovers and uh, and chat rooms becoming wives in secret that while we have abandoned our spouses some of you share a mortgage and not a marriage our spouses still live with us but so did the wives of King David who lived out their days in their widowhood living in lust with one woman and abandon a, a commitment to a marriage physically emotionally and spiritual relationship with their own spouse God help us God help our nation now, my, look, my time is gone, but you're going to find out in the last verse of chapter 2 that the Lord God of Israel, he said, I've had a belly full. And these people, you know what? God closed his word and nothing could do until the coming of Jesus by a new and living way. By the way, we're about to that point where nothing's going to fix us except the coming of Jesus. But let me tell you something. There's always been a little remnant. And anybody that's willing to repent and walk in righteousness God will hear their prayers, heal their land, forgive their sins. My time is gone. You join us tomorrow as the Lord gives you an opportunity. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at WYTJRadio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are, or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the poor